Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Thursday on which the Reds are in Belgium to take on Union in our final group stage game in the Europa League. We have already qualified, we have topped the group, so this game is completely meaningless for us and we can afford to just take things nice and easy. Union have to win and hope that the result between Lask and Toulouse goes in their favour to advance. So they'll be going all out. Uh, speaking of us going through, as I said yesterday, we will avoid the nonsense of another round. We have to just sit now and wait for the round of 16. And we knew yesterday that Galatasaray, Lens, Braga and Benfica would be dropping in. And now we know, and we also knew that Fine Order were dropping in. Young boys are now dropping in. And we can confirm now that Milan and Shakhtar Donetsk will drop in out of the Champions League. So of them, Milan would be, it's one of those glamour ties that you'd like to have. Two of the European royalty, historically great clubs. AC Milan are a name, a brand, the the type of club that gets you excited to play against them, even when they're not the AC Milan we all remember from the 80s, the 90s and 2000s. But they're still AC Milan. So therefore, I would be very much in favour of at some point in the competition getting to play AC Milan. So those clubs who are dropping in, Benfica are another one, obviously. We've played them like we've played Milan in recent years. They're big, historic, great European clubs. So you'd like to play them. You wouldn't mind Feyenoord, and Feyenoord away would be a great adventure. That's a great stadium, great atmosphere. Lunatics, but a great a great atmosphere. Um, those sides will obviously drop in and take on the teams finishing third in the Europa League. As, that's, as things stand, that is looking likely to... Sorry, the teams finishing second in Europa League. As things that that is looking like Freiburg, Brighton, Rangers, Sporting, Toulouse, Villarreal, Roma, and Quarabeg. 
as at the moment there, the team's finishing second. Now, obviously, much can change tonight. Only, I think only Sporting are certain to finish second of those teams. All the rest of them, first is not decided. Only also think in Atalanta are guaranteed through as oh and, and Leverkusen. I think we're the only three, and I'm not even sure Atalanta are. So I might be just waffling now. Olsen and Leverkusen are definitely through as group winners. But like Quarabeg and Lever- Leverkusen's group, they could still end up third because Molde could jump them. Roma could win Group G. Villarreal could win Group F. Rangers or Sparta Prague could jump Real Betis. Brighton could jump Marseille. And Freiburg could jump West Ham. So a lot to be figured out there tonight, but none of it concerns us. We don't need to worry about any of it. We can just sit back and be very, very comfortable. Um, It's a good position to be in. It looked for a brief time last night like it was going to be PSG who would drop in and they would have been a considerably bigger test than any of these teams. But you just don't know what PSG you're going to get night to night. They're so unpredictable. They have all the talent in the world, but they're badly managed. And I don't think most of their players really give a shit. Like, it's similar to the Chelsea situation where these players are there earning ludicrous amounts of money and they've got no motivation and they don't get tested domestically. Like, they canter to the French title most years. And it's notable that in the last... 10 years. It's only really happened twice where teams have really given it a good go in the league. And both years they've ended up second. Monaco beat them to the title and then Lille beat them to the title. And obviously we've seen them in the Champions League. They've gotten to one final and lost. And other than that, like each year they find a new and spectacular way to bottle it and end up going out. They don't they don't seem to be able to play under pressure. And remember the Champions League final that they got to was during COVID with little to no attendance at those games for this quarterfinal, semifinal and final. So that took pressure off. We saw a lot of weird things happen when COVID struck and there was no fans. John Stones looked like a very good centre-back for the first time in his career. Luke Shaw looked like a very good left-back for the first time since joining United. We saw a lot of weird things. And PSG are just a weird club. But I'm glad we're not going to have to deal with them. I feel like the other teams the ones dropping in from the Champions League, the ones getting through from the Europa League. I feel like all of those teams, they're more predictable. And if we put ourselves up against any of them, man for man, manager for manager, we wipe the floor with them. Now, obviously that doesn't always translate to doing it on the pitch, but you look at us this season and we're not wiping the floor with many teams, admittedly. 
but we are winning most games. And that's what is, that's the most important thing, especially in the first half of the season. You've just got to get your points on the board and put yourself in position for the second half of the season. We've played 23 games this year, this season, rather, 17 wins, four draws, only two defeats, 57 scored, 22 conceded. But it's not just that simple. So you go and you look at the draws we've had. Chelsea away, fine. Brighton away, fine. Luton away is very disappointing. City away, fine. In the Europa League, we've won four and lost one. In the EFL Cup, we've won both games. So in that Premier League, with those four draws, we've had 11 wins and one defeat. So one defeat in the league, one defeat in the Europa League. All very good. Then you look at it a bit close and you think, well, hang on, that defeat to Spurs, we got absolutely screwed by dreadful officiating. With the Diaz goal. Now, the red cards are subjective. Go either way, whatever. But the Diaz goal was a goal and should have counted. And, of course, their winner is an own goal. But we should have gotten at least a draw in that game if the officials just do their job. And, realistically, if we're 2-1 up, even with nine men... I'm not sure we allow them to score. I, I I think we might win the game, but we should have gotten at least a draw there. And then you look at that Europa League defeat, 3-2 away to Toulouse, and we were absolutely woeful that day. But we had a goal disallowed that shouldn't have been disallowed. Gerald Quance's equaliser should have counted. And we should have gotten out of there with a 3-3. So our only two defeats this year have been at the hands of officials. No team has actually just beaten us. You don't mind losing games. We lost a lot of them last season. You don't mind losing games if you can look at it and say, they were just the better team, they deserved it, or you know we were just so poor and we didn't take chances, or whatever it is, we made mistakes, whatever. That's fine. To lose games normally is fine. To lose games because the officials got things wrong and then had to come out afterwards and backtrack, that's frustrating. And while neither of them, especially the to lose one, have mattered, it's still annoying that you look at it and we should be 23 games unbeaten this season. And we should be two points clear at the top of the Premier League. And we should be five points clear in the Europa League. Now, again, the Europa League doesn't matter because once the group stage is over, it goes away. The Premier League one does matter because if it comes down to it, 
what happens if we lose the title on goal difference or if we're a point behind but have better goal difference? Like, that is going to lead to an absolute shit show. And when people got on Jürgen's case for sort of a half-hearted suggestion that maybe the game should have been replayed, this is why he was saying that. Because come the 19th of May, if us and Arsenal or us and City finish level on points, but they've got a better goal difference, they'll win the title. But we should have had an extra point. Or if we finish a point behind them and we have the better goal difference, they'll win the title. But that extra point should have put us level on points and the goal difference should have won us the league. Now, the concerning thing with this is it seems to have made a lot of people, not not at the club, maybe at the club, but not, not publicly from the club, but a lot of people in the fan base are just getting a little bit too comfortable with this. Oh, we're top, so everything's perfect. Things are good. Things are very good. Lots of reason for optimism. But you start looking at the performances. We were poor at Chelsea. We were poor at home to Bournemouth for an hour. We weren't great up at Newcastle. We were brilliant against Villa. We were dreadful the first half against Wolves. Thought we were pretty good in the second half against West Ham. We played well away to Spurs and were very unfortunate, obviously. We were poor against Brighton, poor against Everton. Played pretty well against Nottingham Forest. Dreadful against Luton. We were good against Brentford. We weren't good away to City. We were awful at home to Fulham. We were awful away to Sheffield United. And we were awful away to Crystal Palace. We're winning games despite not playing well. That is a positive sign. But that might also be unsustainable and might be a reason to potentially just be a little bit cautious and look at the team in depth and think, can we improve? Yes, we can. Yes, we can improve this team. There are a multitude of areas in which we could improve this team. Obviously holding midfielder, obviously the left-sided defender, and I think left wing as well. So when I see people say, oh, we don't need to do anything in January, I just think, you're talking out of your arse. You're completely basing it on results and not how the results are being achieved. Like today, someone said to me that spending 70 million on Joe Polina would just be buying a more expensive, less expansive endo. And I, I genuinely thought that's so far from accurate. It's, it's a beggar's belief. Xiao Polina is one of the best ball winners in world football. When asked to do so, he's also a very good passer of the ball, as he showed at Sporting. He's also an excellent presser, as he showed at Sporting in Ruben Amram's system. People are judging him based on what he's been asked to do for Fulham whose entire mandate is just stay in the division. So he's playing within himself. And when you look at tackles one versus fouls committed, he's also 
outstanding in that regard. Yes, he does get booked a fair bit, but look how many tackles that guy is making. Like, he's lapping the field in the Premier League. He is an absolute monster. And the idea that he wouldn't significantly improve this team is madness. He's a much better six than than Endo. It's not even debatable. He's a much better six than Alexis. And that would then allow Alexis to move back into his number eight position, where he's much better than he is as a six. And he's a better option than Curtis, a much better option than Gravenberg. As the Bosley, Paulinho, Alexis midfield is right up there with anything in the Premier League. And we know we've got the best goalkeeper in the league. We've got the best centre-back in the league. We've got the best right-back in the league. We've got maybe the best footballer in the league in Mo. So the attack is always going to be good, even if Darwin and the left-wing situation are hit and miss at times. Darwin still contributes a hell of a lot, even when he doesn't score. But for now, we're relying too much on Virgil and Alisson. They're the primary reasons we're top. Those two. As great as Mo has been, it's those two. Because our defence is far too easily got at. We're very easy to play through. But Paulinho would change that instantly. And it's not just him. There's others that would change it. But he's the one we're talking about. If it's Mats Viefer, he improves us. Lucas Gornadot, he improves us. In an ideal situation, Bubakar Kamara, but he's not going to be available in January unless he has a buyout. But if he has a buyout, it likely doesn't kick in until the summer. They, just this this instant dismissal of signing Polina is just foolish. Yeah, he's 28. He's got the minutes of a 24, 25-year-old. He doesn't get injured. He doesn't get sent off. Yeah, he accumulates bookings because he wins so much of the ball back. If he didn't have to tackle as often, which he wouldn't have to in our team, he wouldn't get booked as often. And he would actually have a bit more freedom. But suggesting he's not good enough to play for us is just, it's one of the dumbest arguments I've ever heard. Genuinely. Look at the other clubs that are interested in Arsenal competing for the title. Bayern competing for the Champions League. Like, these clubs, they don't sign scrubs. Notable that Arsenal are one of the primary teams going from when, you know, the galaxy brain people on Twitter will tell you that Declan Rice is the answer to our number six issues. And yet Arsenal, who have Declan Rice, don't believe he's the answer to their number six issues. But they think Joe Polinia might be. There's people that think Joshua Kimmich would be the answer to our number six issues. But Bayern don't think that. They're the ones that have had Joshua Kimmich for many years, but they know that, as with Declan Rice, he's not a defensive midfielder. Now, Kimmich is a great player, 
but he's not a defensive midfielder. He might want to be. Steven Gerrard wanted to be. Didn't make any fucking difference. He wasn't any good at it. Joe Pellini is an outstanding defensive midfielder and I'll die on the hill. Um, this is Anfield. Have 10 key things to know ahead of tonight's game. Team news. Um, lots of youngsters. Lots of youngsters in the squad. Allison, Trent, Virgil and Mo have not even travelled, which is good news. The 23-man squad is here as well. We'll come back to that. Um, they're in good form domestically. They are top of the Belgian Pro League with a six-point gap between themselves and Anderlecht. They've lost just one of their last 12 games in all competitions, winning 13 of their last 17. Good for them. Uh, genuine dead rubber. Well, it's a dead rubber for us. But it's not for them. Uh, changes to come. Oh, yeah, Jürgen saying he doesn't know who's going to play or what the team will be. Um, we've been denied, obviously, the uh, the family reunion because Alexis can't play because he's injured. So Pete, then it's a, about the connotations of them winning and to lose, losing to last, which could potentially send Union through. An opportunity for youth, Connor Bradley, Luke Chambers. They're both expected to start back four. That'll also include Gerald Kwanzaa. Who the fourth defender would be remains to be seen. I guess is Joe Gomez. Kind of feel like we might need him to start against United, though. Um, a home from home. On paper, Union are the hosts on Thursday evening, but they won't be playing at their usual venue when the Reds come to town. Uh, this game will be played at Anderlecht's Lotto Park because it's over double the size of Union's home stadium. And the referee will be Aurel Grenfeld uh, from Israel. He's never refereed a Liverpool game before. Um, seems like it's not an all-Israeli crew for this game. The 23-man squad, then. Let's have a look. Kelleher, Pitaluga and Mrozek. Kwanzaa, Kanate, Gomez, Timikas, Bradley, Chambers and Scanlon. Gravenberg, Zabozlai, who should not be in the squad. Jones, Endo, Elliot, McConnell and Hill. Dom and Costas should not be in the squad. And neither should Ibu. And I don't care if it would have meant we travelled with 20. They shouldn't be in the squad. They shouldn't play a single minute. Ibu, I mean, I understand we're short in central defence. That's fair enough. But there's got to be some kid in the 20s or the, the 18s that could have played. Uh, Costas is one of three left-backs. There's no excuse to play him at all. Same thing goes for Zabozlai. I mean, Gravenberg, Endo, Elliot, McConnell, Hill, they can all play. I wouldn't even play Curtis, but... I understand why he's there. Uh, in attack, Gakpo, Diaz, Nunes, Doak, Gordon, and Kumas, who I'm really hoping will get um, will get a run out. He's very, very highly regarded. Obviously, his dad 
was is Jason Kumas, who had a long career with Tranmere, West Brom, Cardiff, Wigan, Cardiff again, and finished up with Tranmere, one thirty four caps for Wales. Um I feel like he probably underachieved a little bit in his career, but still had a very solid career. And his son, Lewis, is really highly regarded. And he's been with us since 2016. He was he was with Tranmere like his dad and then signed with us at the age of 11. Uh, he's been capped twice by the Welsh under-19 team. Kind of a midfield, an attacking midfielder, second striker type of player, but very highly regarded. And I'd be very interested in seeing him get some minutes. Obviously, I'm, I'm hopeful to see Kate Gordon. I think we'll see Ben Doak. I think McConnell probably starts. Chambers probably starts. Hopefully, hopefully Jurgen just goes with a really young team. There's there's nothing to play for here, so don't do anything foolish. Uh, lots more there on This Is Anfield. Uh, on Liverpool.com, the lead piece is about Moises Caicedo, who's just rattled out the same nonsensical line that he did and that his agent did a few weeks back about how he picked Chelsea because, oh, we've been talking to them for so long. They helped me through this and that. It's all bullshit. The reason he plays for Chelsea is because his agent told him to play for Chelsea. Um, because his agent got offered a huge bag of money. On AnfieldIndex.com, Fabinho has said that Liverpool have shown a strong mentality this season. There's a piece about Kefran Turam, a piece about Ibu and a potential new contract, a piece about Reese Williams, who might be getting recalled, not because we want to put him in the squad, but because he hasn't kicked a ball for Aberdeen. Um, There is a transfer show with Trev and Dave Davis, there is an AI Desi for the first time in a long time. Gags, Harinder, Cam and Nina. Took you long enough. About time. Um, there is the part three of the Songs of Anfield, which is a must listen. And there is the latest Media Matters with Dave Davis and Ben Boxack. So make sure you give all of them a listen and I'll see you all tomorrow. Don't forget, we will have Raw immediately after the game, um, live on Discord if you're a member, and otherwise it will be out about two hours after the game. Game is an early kickoff as well, so don't be sitting down at 8pm looking for the game. It's an early kickoff. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.